Luke chapter number 14. If you found your place, say amen. Amen. If you would please. Amen. If you found your place, if you would please stand. A reference out of respect to God's word. Luke chapter number 14, verse number 22 through verse 24. The Bible says, And the servant said, Lord, it is done as thou hast commanded, and yet there is room. And the Lord said unto his servant, Go out into the highways and hedges, and compel them to come in, that my house may be filled. For I say unto you, that none of those men which were bidden shall taste of my supper. Verse 22 said, And the servant said, Lord, it is done as thou hast commanded, and yet... There is room. Let's pray. Your Lord, most kind, gracious, loving, heavenly Father, we come to you this morning. God, we thank you, Father, for your blessing us with another day of life. God, we're thankful, Father, for your mercy, for your grace. And God, we pray this morning, Father, that you would take what you've given me and use it. God, for your honor, for your glory. God, again, I pray this morning. God, if there's one lost that don't know you, the free pardon of sin, Father, I pray that you would save that soul before it's everlasting and eternally too late. God, a soul's a precious thing. And Father God, we just love you. We thank you. Thank you for Calvary. Thank you for the cross. God, it's in Jesus' name we pray and ask these things. Amen. Amen. Thank you for standing. You can be seated. I want to preach this morning on this thought. Supper is ready. How many of you like to eat? Amen. I like to eat too. I want to preach on that thought this morning. Supper is ready. And I want to look this morning at just what it is that's going on here uh, in the context of our scripture. And I want to give you a little bit of history this morning on this book of Luke. Now, it's as you and I come to this book of Luke this morning that we know it's been written this morning from a doctor's point of view. Okay? And we see this morning that it's been said that Luke was a physician for a Roman family at a time in the Word of God. Now, it's as we open up this book of Luke that we know that this author is the same person that wrote uh, the book of Acts. Amen? We've been studying on Wednesday nights. But it's also this book of Luke that you'll notice this morning that if you were to pick it up and read it, you would find out it has a lot in common with the other Gospels, but it also stands out from the other Gospels as well. So it's this book of Luke this morning that is separate, I guess, from the rest of the Gospels, just in the fact that it lets us know that this Gospel for the Lord Jesus Christ is not just for the Jew, but I'm glad He lets us know that it's also for the Gentile too. Friend, Luke lets us know that Jesus is not just the Savior of the Jew. He lets us know that Christ is the Savior of the world. The Bible said in Luke chapter 2, verse 30 and 32, For mine eyes have seen thy salvation which thou hast prepared before the face of all people. The Bible said, A light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. Some have said because of this statement that they didn't think Luke might have been a Jew. I don't agree with that, but I understand what they're saying. But it's also in this Gospel Luke this morning that shows that not only is Jesus the Savior of all people, but I'm glad it shows us this morning that Jesus pays attention to all people as well. Hey, Jesus paid attention uh, to Paul on the Romans road. Amen that Wes was talking about. And I want to say this this morning, it doesn't matter who you are, the book of Luke shows us this morning that Jesus Christ pays attention to you. Do you know something this morning? You may not be 
Jesus Christ. Aren't you glad that He cares for you this morning? But friend, all that can be found right here in Luke chapter number 14. We can see that Jesus cares. He cares about your situation. He cares where you're at. But it says you and I come to this chapter here in the book of Luke that we're going to see some suppers and a dinner that's mentioned in the Word of God. And we're going to put those together. I'm going to give you what God's given me. So it's here that we first of all see that Jesus goes to dinner at the home of a chief Pharisee. Okay, you find that down in verses 1 through 5. Now after that this morning, you see Jesus Christ puts forth a parable which is known as the parable of the impolite guests. There's some guests at dinner that were not polite, okay? And then in verses 14 through 27, you see that Jesus gives the parable of the great supper. Now, as you and I look at all these dinners and this supper here, uh, we must remember that in our context, there are three different things and three different happenings in the Word of God. We must remember that two of these things are parables, which means they are heaven, uh, earthly stories that have heavenly meaning, okay? And it's for these things on our mind that I ought to take a quick look at what's going on here in the context. So in this book of Luke, in this book alone, it records this occasion here of Jesus Christ going to dinner at the home of one of the chief Pharisees. Now it tells us this morning of Jesus as he gives the host and his guests a lesson in etiquette. Amen. And my stepdaddy used to always tell me at the supper table, don't put your elbows on the table. Amen. That's what he always taught me. And Jesus Christ is teaching these people some etiquette, if you will, in the Word of God. Alright, that's the parable of the guests. Also, in these other parables in this chapter, which are in no other gospel, you'd see the building of a tower, and you would see a king that's preparing to make a war. Okay, we're not going to look at the last two, but like most Baptists, I'm interested this morning on the ones that have to do with eating. Amen. Because I like to eat. But we see here in verse number one that Jesus is now going out to dinner. Alright, we see him this morning as he comes to an unusual place in the Word of God. Alright, which is the place of a chief Pharisee. Now the Bible said in verse number 1, And it came to pass as he went to the house of one of the chief Pharisees to eat bread on the Sabbath day that they watched him. Now keep in mind there that they are watching Jesus Christ. Jesus is eating with a chief Pharisee now, who's one of his enemies, by the way, and his guests. We see there that he's eating, but the reason they wanted Jesus to come and eat with them was so that they could watch what Jesus Christ was going to do. Alright, they sent Jesus Christ down this place here so they could watch Him. Jesus knew what they were doing the whole time. He's all God, all man. So He knew what they were doing. And He knew what they invited Him there for as well. I believe that. But at any rate, here's Jesus in, the ch in, the ch in this house of the chief Pharisee and He's eating, okay? He's eating with the enemy. Then all of a sudden, something happens. Well, let's read verse number 2 and see what it is. I'll get on with the message in a minute. But the Bible says, And behold, there was a certain man before him which had the dropsy. Alright? So Jesus Christ is here. He's just eating away. But then all of a sudden, here's this man comes in with the dropsy. And I don't believe this morning that this was a coincidence this man was here. I believe he might have been placed here even by the chief Pharisees because they were watching him to see what it is that he is going to do to this man. 
They were watching him and saying, hey, are you going to heal this man on the Sabbath day? Well, this was a Sabbath day, okay? And they wasn't supposed to work on that day by Jewish law or by these men's law, as a matter of fact. But we've read verse number one, verse number two. Now let's read verses three through five. The Bible said, And Jesus answered and spake unto the lawyers and Pharisees, saying, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath day? The Bible said, And they held their peace. They were watching him. And he took him and healed him and let him go. And answered them, saying this, Which of you shall have an ass or an ox fallen into a pit and will not straightway pull him out on the Sabbath day? Jesus Christ knew what these old boys were doing. He healed this man on the Sabbath day. And they're watching him and they are trying to trip Jesus up now so they can cause him to fall and they want to arrest him, but it's not his time yet. So Jesus said all that while sitting in this chief Pharisee's house. Now, he said, boys, if your ox fell into a ditch, are you not going to help him up? It don't matter if it's a Sabbath day. See, they work with these oxen and these donkeys here. So, of course, they're going to pick him up. It's like Brother Allen, if he has to run a fire call on Sunday. If my house is on fire, I want Brother Allen to come to my house. I don't care if it's Sunday or Monday or Tuesday. I want somebody to help me. Don't put the ox in the ditch, but sometimes you've got to help them. But listen, friend, Jesus is saying here, uh, is, it, is it lawful that I heal on the Sabbath day? Now, could you imagine here at dinner time, Sitting around the table. Could you imagine the tension at the table? You ever sit with a, uh, you ever ate supper with a couple that's arguing and bickering and you feel the tension among the table? Well, here's these old boys here. All that was going on, but then there's the parable of the impolite guest in verses 7 through 14. The Bible said in verse number 7, and he put forth a parable to those that were bidden. When he marked how they chose out the chief room, saying unto them, now, if you read the rest of those verses there, all the way through verse 14, you see that Jesus tells them not to want the seats of honor in the Word of God. So we're seeing two separate dinners here and supper, uh, but he says, choose out the lowly seats. Now, that's a tremendous lesson. He's teaching them etiquette in the Word of God. He said, when you go into these places, don't choose you out the chief seats. He said, what do you think you are? Amen. That's what Christ is saying. But listen, there's not that print, only that principle here, but Jesus said this in verses 12 through 14. He said, Then said he also to him that bade him, When thou makest the dinner or supper, call not thy friends, nor thy brethren, neither thy kinsmen, nor thy rich neighbors, lest they also bid thee again, and a recompense be made thee. He said, Don't bid your friends to supper, they're going to pay you back. Uh, the Bible said this, but when thou makest a feast, call the poor, the maimed, the lame, and the blind, and thou shalt be blessed, for they cannot recompense thee, for thou shalt be recompensed at the resurrection of the just. You know what Christ is letting us know? Christ is letting us know that sometimes we ought to do it for folks that can't do it for themselves and not, be, and not be expected to pay back, be paid back. That's what Christ is teaching there. Boy, everybody wants paid back, don't they? We ought to do things out of the kindness of our heart. But there's all that in this chapter. Look, and I'm going somewhere. Hold on. Then there's the parable of the Great Supper. So we see that this chapter begins with dinner. And now they're eating again. This is my kind of book. Amen. I'm just kidding. But now they're eating supper. And the Lord has healed a man of the dropsy in the Word of God. 
Then Jesus looked the guest in the eyes and corrected him. And the man says this while the supper with Jesus, the Bible said in verse 15, and when one of them said it meet with him, heard these things, he said to him, Blessed is he that shall eat bread in the kingdom of God. Now it's as, uh, as this happens to those that are eating, the Bible said this in verses 16 through 22. Then said he unto him, A certain man made a great supper and bade many. And sent his servant at supper time to say to them that were bidden, Come, for all things are now ready. Bible said, they all with one consent began to make excuse. Now, here's this man fixed supper. Now, so I fixes you supper, you're going to make an excuse. I ain't. Amen, unless I got a real good one. But the Bible said, they all with one consent began to make excuse. The first said unto him, I bought a piece of ground. I must needs go and see it. I pray thee have me excused. The Bible said, another said, I brought five yoke of oxen. I go to prove them. I pray thee have me excused. And another said, I'm married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. So that servant came and showed his Lord these things. Then the master of the house, being angry, said to his servant, Go out quickly into the streets and lanes of the city and bring in hither the poor, the maimed, the halt, the blind. And the servant said, Lord, it is done as thou as commanded, and yet there's still room. It was at this time in this parable that a supper had been prepared for him. And we see that many had made an excuse here in the Bible. And many in our day this morning are making excuses. Amen. They're making reasons why they cannot come to Jesus Christ. The supper's been prepared this morning. Friend, I'm telling you, stop making excuses and dig in. The supper is prepared. Friend, the Lord said unto the servant, Go out to the highways and hedges and compel them to come in. Why? That my house may be filled. The Bible said in verse number 24, For I say to you that none of those men which were bidden shall taste of my supper. That's sad, ain't it? These verses on my mind. I want to preach on this thought. Supper is ready. I picture a mother ringing a bell. Supper time. Supper is ready. Friend, it's ready this morning. It's been prepared. Hallelujah. Well, I see three things this morning I want to give you. Number one, I see the thing that is seen. Number six, number two, I see the call that was given out. And number three, I see the reception in which Christ was met. Well, let's look, number one, at the thing that is seen. The very first thing that we see here in our text this morning is we see that Jesus Christ was not in heaven yet. He sat with these men at dinner time, and we see that He was in the world, okay? While I'm at it this morning, I want to say that Jesus Christ became human for you and for me. Hey, Skyler, you hurt your hand, didn't you? Amen. Hurt his hand on a hummingbird feeder. Is that right? Okay. Well, he done that. And I bet that hurt, didn't it? So Jesus Christ became human for you and for me. Jesus Christ had feelings. Jesus Christ got hurt. Jesus Christ uh, felt it whenever they hung him on the old rugged cross. But he became human. Now, even though he was human this morning, he was still yet all God at the same time. Okay. But at any rate, we know Jesus Christ came into the world this morning as the perfect man, never sinned, never done any wrong, but they hung him up on an old rugged cross and he done that for you and for me. But right now I'm glad this morning that he is sitting on the right hand of the Father, interceding for you and for me. You know what that interceding is? 
came into the world and He died for you and for me. And I'm glad He rose on the third day and He's alive and well this morning. Hallelujah. He's ascended to the Father. That's where He's at right now. Now Jesus Christ, we know, was in a body. But He wasn't here forever. What does that mean for us? We're not going to be here forever. I think some folks have in their mind that they're going to live forever and never perish and, and, and everything's going to be fine. We're not going to be here forever, are we? Now some of you, that ought to excite. Amen. But some of us, if you're lost this morning, hey, it ought to worry you a little bit. You ain't going to be here forever. Amen. I learned how precious life was when I about got drowned on the river with Brandon and David. Life's a precious thing. Amen. But listen, friend, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5 and 8, For we are confident, and I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. The Bible said in Hebrews 9 and 27, And as, a, and as it is appointed unto man once to die, but after this the judgment. Hey, friend, we're not going to live in this world forever. I'm telling you, we're not going to go. Uh, we may go by way of the grave. We may go by way of the rapture if you're saved. But we're not going to live here on this planet forever well where are we going to be preacher I don't know why God's having preached this this is simple preaching here but where are we going to be well after death we see there's a judgment seat okay and at the judgment seat that's where the saved of the earth will be judged for what we've done for Christ down here amen and if you're here and if you die lost you'll go to a great white throne of judgment and all that's going to be found there friend is weeping and crying because all that you're going to hear Jesus Christ say is depart from me, I never knew you. And then after you hear Him say that, He's going to cast you in hell. And I'm telling you, you can't blame Christ for that because you sat under preaching and then you heard the gospel of Christ and then the only way uh, that you can be saved is by putting your faith in Him. Amen. Uh, me, and, me, and, uh, me and Him was reading some scripture back there a little while ago about the servant on Paul. Well, Jesus Christ put that serpent on the pole, or, or Moses lifted up that serpent on the pole because folks didn't bit. You and me been bit by sin this morning, and the serpent that was put on the pole is the type of Jesus Christ, and all they had to do was look to Christ and live. Hey, if you're lost this morning, all you've got to do is take a look at Him, and you can live. You understand what I'm saying? Not just live, but live eternally. Have eternal life. Hey, it's not about your baptism. No. It's not about none of that. You've got to love Jesus Christ and be saved. Amen. You've got to put your faith and your trust in Him or you're lost. You ain't done that. Amen. Listen, if you're here and you die lost this morning, you'll go to that great white throne. You'll hear Jesus say, depart from me. I never knew you. And He'll cast you in a lake of fire or you'll be the rest of your life. Now, how bad would it be to have to hear Jesus Christ say, Depart from me after you've read John 3 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Say, Preacher, I know the verse. How bad would it be to know the verse? Know that Christ died for you. You never put your faith in Christ and have to hear God say, 
Depart from me. That means go away. I never knew you. Boy, I hope you're facing him. Friend, if you just so happen to be your lost without God, I got news for you. It don't stop there. God's let you listen one more time to the preaching of the Word of God. God's had enough grace to give you another chance to be saved and born again and washed in the blood of Christ. Have friend, Christ died for you so that you can be saved. I got news for you. Supper's ready. Come and get it. I like it, don't you? It's ready. It's been prepared. All you got to do is come and get it. Friend, there are many folks that doubt hell is real this morning. Do you know that? They don't even believe it. I don't mean that they don't even believe it. Rich man. And what happened to him? He lifted up his eyes in hell. That means after he died, he was alive in hell. And he was begging for one drop of water. One drop is all he wanted. And guess what? He couldn't even get one drop. You know what that tells me, Brother Wes? He's down there this morning and he's still here begging for one drop of water. He's in torment. He's in pain. He's in agony. And he's screaming. And he says, I just want one drop. But then, and while he was down there, he also said, please send somebody to tell my friends and my brother not to come to this place. There's folks in hell this morning that are screaming and they're begging somebody to go and tell folks they don't have to come here. All you got to do, I'm putting this simple this morning. This is the way God gave it to me. All you got to do is repeat. What's that mean? Well, we're all sinners, amen. Have you ever told a white lie? I use this a lot, I know. If you've told a lie, why is it sin? Okay, we're all sinners. I tell a lie every time I fish. My fish grows about this much every time I fish. I caught one that was this small, but every time I tell the story, I say it's this big. No, I said, no, that ain't right. It's just this big. It's okay, I'm sorry, I lied again. Listen to me. Repent means turn. Turn from what? Turn from your own and turn to Christ. That's what it means. Put your faith in Him. All you got to do is repent. The reality of all this is not one person is going to live in this world forever. You're going to spend eternity somewhere. Where is it at this morning? Is it in heaven or is it in hell? The choice is yours to make. Supper has been prepared and all you got to do is come. I hope heaven this morning has been made your home. And if not, you can make it your home right now by simple faith in Christ. That's it, friend. Hey, friend, it's heaven that's open for all. It's not, hey, there's folks who say I'm an outcast. I can't make it to heaven. Jesus died for the outcast. Thank God Jesus died for the fatherless. The fatherless. Jesus Christ died for all. That settled it. Romans 10 and 13 says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. There ain't no doubt in that, is there? He said, shall be saved. He didn't say might be saved. He didn't say you might hope to be saved. He said shall be saved. I was talking to a man this week. And he's, he, he, they've given him up. They've given him so long to live. And he said, he said, preacher, what do you think? 
I said, I want you to read that verse. He said, For whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. I said, What do you think? He said, I think God's good with it. I said, I think God's good with it. I'm good with it. Amen. Amen. For whosoever, hey, the supper's ready this morning. It's for whosoever will call upon the name of the Lord. Hey, friend, we're not going to live in this world forever. You better make sure that you know where you're going to spend eternity at. When you leave this world behind, it's simple. By faith. You know what? I've used this before too. You put faith in something the seconds you sat down on a pew this morning. Did you know that? You put faith that that pew ain't going to break when you, when you sit down in it. I put a lot of faith in a lot of things I sit down on because I'm a big boy. But you know what? We put our faith in that stuff. Well, my faith in Christ this morning that He saved me. Not that I saved me. Not that, I, not that my baptism saved me. Hey, not that my profession of Him saved me. But my faith. Hey, uh, there's a lot of folks that say, well, preacher, I didn't do this and I didn't do that. It don't matter what you do. It matters what he does. And it matters that you put your faith in what he does. It don't make any means what you do. It matters what he does. The second you step out, believe by faith that he died for you. And if you call upon him, he'll save you. It's done. Seal the deal. You say, preacher, that's easy believism. No, that's right believism. This one, two, three, repeat a prayer after me. That's falsity. That's that's easy believers. That's a mess. See, it's faith. Faith. Boy, we was talking about faith this morning. If you're here and if you're lost, I want to say this. Don't you let the, don't you hear those words coming from Christ apart from me. I never knew. How sad would it be? How sad would it be to hear Christ say? Never knew your name. Boy. Friends, here's Jesus Christ is teaching this. See, he said this one supper, and I believe this one supper was for the rich people. But then I see this morning here that he bids this other supper, and it says, I bade many. So that lets me know that Jesus Christ is calling this morning and the fact of the matter is this morning that people will hear the call and when God calls, they'll refuse. They'll sit on a church pew and they'll sit there and sit there and sit there and they'll make excuse. God next week, God next time. Hey friend, there's been many folks who said that and the next time never happened for them and in hell they lift up their eyes. You're not guaranteed another breath. But Jesus said in Matthew 11 and 28, Come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. You understand there's toil and labor and sin. You turn over a new leaf one week. God, I'll do better this time. I'll do better this time. I'm going to do better this time. No, you ain't. 
there's nobody. Well, how do I get better? By grace through faith. Hey, friends, supper is ready. It's been prepared. Friend, it's time to lay the weight aside of sin and give it to Christ. Friend, the only way a lost person can find rest is by putting your faith in what Christ done for you at Calvary. That's it. That's it. Then after that, you're saved and you're saved forever. I like it, don't you? Well, we see the thing that was seen. The thing that was seen was Jesus Christ, the sickness in the world. The supper's been prepared. Number two, let's see the call that was given. Well, the Bible says right here in verse number one, and it came to pass as he went to the house of one of the chief Pharisees to eat bread on the Sabbath day that they watched him. Now, as I said earlier, it's here that we see that Jesus Christ is in this house. He's eating with one of the chief Pharisees. Now, it's amazing to me that Jesus Christ is at this place anyhow, but he is. Now, now, it's here in verses 2 through 6, we see that Jesus heals this man with the dropsy while these people are, are looking at him. Listen, he heals him on the Sabbath day. The Bible said in verses 2 through 6, And behold, there was a certain man before him which had the dropsy. And Jesus answered and spake to the lawyers and Pharisees, saying, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath day? They held their peace. They didn't know what to say. And he took him and healed him and let him go and answered them saying, Which of you shall have an ass or an ox fallen into a pen? And when on straightway pulled him out on the Sabbath day, they couldn't answer him again to these things. These Pharisees that Jesus was eating with, they wasn't happy this man had been healed on the Sabbath day. They wasn't happy. But it was in their madness. Jesus, Jesus asked them pretty much. He said, Wouldn't y'all do the same thing? They put them in the place. Amen. But you know, he gives them the example here. If they had an ox or ass fall into a pit, if they'd not help it out. Now remember with me, we saw that the Pharisees had no words to say. But we see that Jesus had plenty to say. Because at the supper, he even says something else. Now you've got to remember, he's talking to these Pharisees, and he was in the chief Pharisee's house on this day. And I guess the Pharisees were probably rich. Because the Bible said in verses 7 through 9, And he put forth a parable to those which were bidden when he marked how they chose out the chief rooms, saying unto them, When thou art bidden of any man to come, uh, uh, any man to a wedding, sit not down in the highest room, lest a more honorable man than thou be bidden of him. And he that bade thee and him come, say to thee, Give this man place, and thou begin with shame to take the lowest room. These people must have thought highly of themselves. You know what? There's a lot of folks think highly of themselves. We get lifted up with pride. Well, I drive the biggest Ford in the parking lot. Hey, man, I know how those Baptists are. I got six trucks at the times. That's what they say. I don't have six trucks. I've heard people say that. They say, well, I wear the finest clothes. I, I drive the finest car. I know more than everybody else. That's what they say. That was these men, these Pharisees. They chose them out, the highest rooms, the best places to sit down. And Jesus tells them, hey, you boys don't need to be doing it. But this makes me think this supper here was made for the rich. Maybe so. That one there. But I'm glad down in verse number 10, 
He says, but when thou art bidden, go and sit down in the lowest room, that when he that made thee come with thee may say unto thee, Friend, go up higher. Then shalt thou have worship in the presence of them that sit and meet with thee. I believe that supper was for the rich and for his friends, but I'm glad at any rate that we see the call went out for this particular supper was for them and not for all. But as Jesus is given the parable here, I see another supper that takes place in the Bible. Hey Amen. This particular, we see another call here is for all. The Bible said in verse number 6, 16, then said he unto him, a certain man made a great supper and bade many. Oh, friend, it was by this supper here you and I see God the Father. And he's sending out a supper call. And he's telling everybody to come. Amen. Here's God making provision this morning for perishing souls. And the way God done that is he sent his son Jesus Christ to die for you on the old fucking cross. Hey, he's got provision for you. He's made a way for you. Hey, friend, all you've got to do is come and call upon his name. Supper is ready. What supper? A salvation supper. Thank God. Just like this meal was already prepared. See, it's already done. See, it's the same way with the meal of salvation this morning. See, Jesus Christ done the work at Calvary when he gave his life for lost sinners up on the cross. And then he rose on the third day. And then he sat down on the right hand of God because the work's done. Hey, stop working. It's done. He done it. He finished it. Preacher, I'll try to be better the next day. Stop that, man. You can't be better for sinners. But I'm telling you about the boy this morning who was the best. His name is Jesus Christ. Amen. The meal's prepared. The work was done. And friend, I'm glad that the meal didn't come from man. It came from God. You and me would have messed the meal up. I've burned chicken before when I've cooked. And my old girl ain't never let me live it down yet. She said, I don't want daddy to fix no chicken. He always makes it black. <laughs> and uh, if man had made the meal, we'd have messed it up. But I'm glad, thank God. Jesus Christ made the meal. And the meal is open for all. And friend, listen, the only thing that matters is you come when Christ calls. Is He calling? It was by Him and by His wisdom that any of us that are saved come in the first place. It wasn't nothing we done. It's all about what He done. But friend, listen, I'm glad the day we got saved, we become the children of God. That very day, we became His child. I'm telling you, at this supper, it's all the provision that you need for your soul. That's it. You've got a soul that's either going to spend eternity in heaven or Eternities forever. But I'm telling you, there's provision. There's meal for your soul through Christ. And you can spend eternity forever in heaven. But all you got to do is come, call upon His name. Listen to me, that your price was paid for by the blood of Jesus Christ on that cross. And you know what? It was Christ who's that son that gave his life so you didn't have to give your own. You know why he died? So you don't have to go to hell. So that you can be free from your sin. I know I'm taking my time. This is digging in here. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 6 and verse number 20, for ye are bought with a price. 
Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Jesus Christ paid your price so you did not have to die on the cross. And the price that was paid is sufficient for you. You realize that your price cost Christ everything. But it don't cost you a dime. I asked you to raise your hand early if you like to eat. Some of you did. One, one person was honest with me. Amen. I'm telling you there's a supper. All you got to do is come. It's prepared. It's paid for. And I'm telling you, friend, once you get it, you'll never perish. It's ready. But will you come? Friend, it's here that we see God bade many to come. But we also see many did not come. They began to make excuse. They began to make excuse after excuse after excuse. And we've done it to all of my friends. It don't really matter what your friends say. What will mama say? It don't matter what mama says. All that matters is that you know where you'll spend eternity at when you leave this world behind. It'll be heaven. It'll be hell. But friend, if he's calling, would you come? It's time to accept the gospel offer if you've never done so before. Friend, I'm telling you right now, today's the day of salvation, is it not? Friend, listen, if you'll notice in verse number 17, there's a word that sticks out to me like a sore thumb. That word is now. Now does not mean tomorrow. Now don't mean next week. Now means right now. If you've never been saved, come to the Savior. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. God has given you grace to hear the gospel one more time. You say, preacher, I've never been saved. Why don't you get saved? Put your faith in Him. Put your trust in Him. Rest in Him. And the work's done. I was in Romans 1, 20 and 21, for the invisible things of Him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even His eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. You'll not stand before God and give an excuse. But the Jews rejected Him. And then we see that Christ made this supper and He made it to all. And friend, it's for everybody. Don't make excuses. If you're here and if you're lost, Jesus has been you come. He said, the supper's prepared. It's been paid in full. Why don't you come? Why don't you come to me? Boy, I tell you what, if somebody made me a supper and said it's free, I believe I'd come. I believe I'd be right there. We see the thing that was seen. We've looked at the call that was given. But now let's look number three at the reception in which Christ was met. All right, let's look at this. The Bible said verse number 21, so that servant came and showed his Lord these things. Then the master of the house being angry said to his servant, go out quickly into the streets and lanes of the city and bring it hither the poor and the maimed and the halt the blind. Here had come this servant to his Lord. And he shows his Lord these things that have happened. He said, God, you did me to come in. But they made excuse. My mind. What does that say? You think about Jesus Christ this morning. I see the wheels running. You think about Christ this morning who gave his life for you. Having to go to his Father and say, God, I've told him to suffer for you. God, I've told them all they got to do is come in. 
God, I've told them all they got to do is believe in you by grace through faith. And he goes to God and he's crying. And he says, you know, it's all been done. It's all been prepared. I gave my life. But they will not come. Could you imagine? The Bible said here that the father became angry. What's he angry at? Ask you ladies something. If you fix a big meal, you prepare a big meal, you slave all day. One person shows up. Are you going to be mad? You going to be angry? Sure. I'd be mad too. But you know what? Christ has prepared the best supper in the world. And there's many not coming. Why is God angry? Because He said, I gave you the best that I had to give. But yet, folks, still, when I come to the supper of salvation, how sad. How sad. How sad. He says, as He goes to the Father, I've laid down my life. I've died for them. But if they don't get saved in hell, they're going to lift up their eyes. He said, I've gave them everything that I could. I bet Christ is heartbroken as He looks upon the world right now and He sees folks lost. And He's bidding them come. You know what He's doing in heaven this morning? He says, supper time, aren't you The supper's done. It's prepared. Why don't you come? Hey, I want you to understand Jesus Christ took your pain, took your sin, so you didn't have to bear it. Friend, we couldn't abort, but He done it for us. I'm free and I'm glad that He came to seek and to save that which is lost. And I just want to say this, the supper's free. It's free. But still yet many will not come. Friend, listen to me. Now I said in 2 Corinthians 6 and 2, For he saith, I've heard thee in a time accepted, and in the day of salvation have I secured thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. You know what you got to do. I told you I like to eat. Supper's different. All you've got to do is take a big old scoop full of grace. Big old scoop full of faith. Put your faith in Christ. That's it. It's sealed. It's done. That point. Friend, all you've got to do is dig in. It's supper time. You know what? I'm glad there was room for me. And at that word, at that supper it says there was room. There's still room. Thank God. For anybody. That'll call upon the Lord Jesus Christ. There's room. There's room for you. There's room for all. I can remember when I was a little boy. I'll give you this and I'll hush. One of my favorite times was supper time. And I guess it still is. But you know what? As a little boy, that's my favorite time. I'd be riding my bike with my friends. Hanging around the neighborhood. And then all of a sudden, mom would pop open the door. She goes, Dang, real loud. And then she'd holler again because I was having fun around my bike. She'd holler again. Dang, I said, What? Supper time! It's okay, I'll be right there. I'd ride my bike in a few more minutes. And here I come. And every time I come in, 
The supper table was always ready. Food was hot. All I had to do was pull up a chair and eat. Thank you. Are you hearing me? Christ is calling. Supper time! All you got to do is come. It's been prepared. All you got to do is put your faith and your trust in Christ. That's so simple a babe could do it. So simple. Put your faith in Him. Let's all stand. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Supper time. Are you saved? If you're not, why don't you come get that way this morning? Supper's ready. All you got to do is come. Saved person, let's start with us. Remember here he said, go out to the highways and hedges. He said, compel them to come in. When's the last time that you told somebody that supper was ready? When's the last time you bid them come? Maybe you're here this morning and you say, you know, I really need to do a better job at telling folks about Jesus Christ. If you do, why don't you come to this altar and ask God to help you. God help me to tell folks about you more than I have. Or maybe you're here this morning and say, preacher, I'm lost. I want you to know, supper's ready. Supper's waiting for you. Would you come and get it? Hey, would you put your faith in Jesus Christ right now, this very second? You say, preacher, I'm lost this morning. God showed me. Why don't you come to him? Why don't you get saved? The best day of your life, I guarantee you that. You can sit there on pew and you can tell God, no, God, no, God, no. But supper's ready. It's been prepared. And when you say no, it breaks God's heart. He loves you. He died.